so many people mad about the 49ers endorsement. It's just, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> I, you know, it's interesting that people act like that. Uh, because, like, we're not, like, you know, I, I, it's, it's a fact that the numbers bear it out as them being one of the best teams in the NFL right now. <laughs> I, I, if you're not happy with that, I don't know what to tell you because numbers don't lie. People lie. Numbers don't. And I just am like, what's the problem? Well, I'm just like, what the fuck did you guys think? We're from San Francisco. Well, it's also like, yeah, well, that, true. But it's like also like we just uh, like – I'm sorry for liking the be- – people always get mad at you for liking the, the uh, Warriors, right? Yeah. But like aren't the Warriors one of the best basketball teams? Well, not this season. I mean, but people – that's of not why time? people don't yes. like them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you love LeBron. <laughs> I'm not. You love LeBron. Mm, and so it's like, and people always get so pissed at you for not. wearing your giant LeBron jersey uh, over <laughs> a hoodie. what team, Brace? The one he was on. And it's like, people always get so pissed <laughs> at you. And like, we'll be walking on the street. And people will be like, oh my God. Le, le fraud. And Liz will turn around and be like, fuck, quit that French bullshit. If anyone ever fucking sees me with a LeBron jersey, you know I've been kidnapped and mm-hmm. someone is making me do a bunch of shit against my will and I'm begging you under, like, the, uh, this is for the future. If this happens, you have to fucking rescue me. Uh, wait, turn around? Oh, it's Draymond you're wearing. I'm sorry, what was that word? <laughs> <laughs> It's not Draymond? Draymond. 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 Yeah, it's not Draymond. Draymond! Draymond! I would fucking wear a Draymond jersey. Of course I would. Ooh, interesting. That, great. Now we're going to get like I 50 love angry. the haters. Fucking hate me, bitch. You don't. You don't. But Joke's they, on you. They, this is this, this happened with the cats thing. This is going to happen with the Dray, Draymond thing again. It's crazy you can't say his name. Draymond. Draymond. <laughs> <laughs> Draymond Green. Draymond Green. Mm. Draymond Green. Yes. Uh, I don't know who he is. I know but he's I a know. basketball player that. I know. It's it, okay. I, I've seen the picture. You know what I'm talking about. I know. I do. I've, that's I've bad. seen the picture. That's bad. I've seen the picture. I. Liz, that's. Liz. I'm trying to think of something that makes sense for IDF with Liz's love for Draymond, and I cannot figure it out. I heart Draymond forever, but there's no heart in IDF, so I don't know. There's no heart in IDF. There's no, so I don't know how to make that work. Yeah. I'm, we don't need to. It's fine. I'm Draymond's friend. That's what IDF stands for, for I, Liz. I, for some reason, I know you guys demure every time. First of all. You do demure. Every time I bring this up. Every time I'm like, I just want the listeners to know, like four or five times I have brought up, you guys, we should all go to a Knicks game together. It would be so fun. You should go to Madison Square Garden. You'd have a great time. Both of you look like I'm speaking Chinese. Because you say it in the accent. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm it's sorry. crazy. And I'm like, stop it. We're on the fucking train. Even if you don't like sports, which, okay. I would go. I would go. This is the first time you're telling me that. Because every other time you've demurred. Has she ever actually asked yes, us to I go have. to a... Yes, I have. I absolutely no, have, like, three or four times. I cannot recall Are you, you fucking ever... kidding? This is gaslighting. It's not gaslighting. Just to the listeners, I want you're everyone to know. You're being crazy. It's completely gaslighting. I've brought it up, like, three or four times. I would go. I would go. 
I love that. That's great. We should go. It's We're going. interesting how when you sometimes it's incredible when what you, you can when get you, out of people when you cut them on the record. It's just on interesting recording. sometimes when women are mad at you and then you agree to the thing they're mad at you about. They're more mad at That's you. That's true. They're, it's just it, and that I don't know. That's why I just love basketball. Actually, you do that to me too. So it's not gendered. It's is gendered because when I do it to you. <laughs> Make that work internally in your head. I don't know how to finish that sentence. That's okay. I'm uh, Liz. I, my name is Draymond Green, and we have of, Draymond Green, uh, and of course Draymond we uh, we have with us our producer Young Chomsky, uh, and this is what is it called? It's called Drew Non. Hello, the America's premier 49ers podcast. You know, I will say this: the gong is too far away. Mm. Yeah, this you was know a what? Show, this was an episode that could have used some gong, although maybe not because it's actually not. kind of I, I serious. Know. When? I don't know. I guess maybe at the very beginning. Or at the very end. At the, at the very end. Could Let me do it now. I'm going to turn the mic because my desk's in a weird position. That's The problem is the gong's been recently missing because I moved where I sit slightly because we had guests, and I haven't moved the gong with it. So I'm going to move the gong right now. I'm going to gong. That's good. That was a good gonging. No, you didn't. okay. I thought you were gonna do it again. I was like, we could just do one. <laughs> what good. is all you need with it? Yeah. Oof. And I gotta say, nice. there is great sustain on no, that piece. Yeah. We I still hear the gong you now. Say that. Great fucking sustain that's on really this piece. That's really what you want out of a gong. If it doesn't oh, sustain. it's just the long. That's it's still going. It's we're still resonating yeah, within this nice. fucking freezing cold room. <laughs> so we're in the ice spot. This At, is what cryotherapy. I gotta tell you, I I don't want to make comparisons or anything. Apples to oranges. Barstool offices, very warm. Mm. Also had a full basketball court. Yeah. Well, they make a lot of money. But I feel like we could make that much money if we had a basketball court here. Well, I think it's like kind of a – this is a chicken or the egg Chicken or the egg situation. Yeah. yeah cl- un- impossible conundrum. We have today a great guest. First time. First time. Long time. No, that didn't make sense. But first time. Yes. Brian <laughs> from Guys Podcast, formerly of Street Fight Radio, and from the limited Street Fight occasional episodes, Brian and Brace. Yes. Um, we're talking some, you know, I we're all being jokey now, but just I'm going to bring it down a notch to get serious for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I say this in the episode, but the stuff that we're talking about today is actually pretty fucking awful and pretty mm-hmm. harrowing. Which is the uh, really disturbing lawsuit filed against Vince McMahon, um, alleging sexual assault, rape, uh, sex trafficking, yeah. a litany of of allegations that are really, really disturbing. We discuss them in some detail, so I'm just going to put that at the top of the episode to let people know. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, but I do think that we have a really, really great conversation, really interesting conversation, especially if you are a fan of wrestling, which. I'm going to be honest, I'm not. Um, but I think that we bring up a bunch of good stuff that maybe some people should take a listen to. Let's start the show. Are you ready to be humble? Welcome, dressed in only rags and with a tonsure to the ring, the most Pious, pious, however you pronounce it, man <laughs> in America, shuffling with slumped shoulders and the gait of a simple boy coming from the red corner, although don't ask him what color it is because he doesn't see any Brian Quimby post, post, 
Interesting. Host <laughs> of Guys Podcast Pause. And welcome to the show. We are talking about wrestling and so fitting. Brian, you are one of the first guests that we've had that has come completely, not only nude, we've had several of those, but you are okay. so oiled that it almost blinds my light with the reflections from the Klieg lights that we have surrounded you with. You have no idea how the people that listen to guys are going to react. <laughs> Since they accuse me of being a swinger all day, every day. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I know it's, it's, because I, I know about your lifestyle, or as you call it, the lifestyle. No, and it's you've not. told me about I'm this not. like in confidence before. And it's like, it's interesting because you go to like hedonism too and sort of these, these sex resorts. Ooh. But but the Wait, way that Chris, you just what is hedonism too? Hedonism too is a well Brian should really res, Brian what's hedonism too? The sex two? resort for swingers. <laughs> uh huh. And in uh, Jamaica, been, in the grill, Jamaica, actually. Uh huh. And you you've been several times due to what you no. call laws. Nope, never law been. Differences. Never never been. Never will go to Jamaica now because of hedonism too. Uh, it's like a sex resort. Like you pay a bunch of money. It's like you know how people go on golf trips. Damn, that's crazy. Imagine like it's a, like sandals, but it, precisely yes, not yeah. It's More like sex. sandals for <laughs> for sex. It's all guys who look like Vince McMahon with like less uh, ster- steroids, not too many less, but less steroids, uh, and I guess women that look like Linda McMahon, possibly, possibly. We got to get you guys hooked up with Tom and Bunny, who are our couple that takes us into the lifestyle on YouTube. Uh-huh. They're lifestyle YouTubers and. They do tours of clubs and stuff and show you what the playrooms look like. And oh, God. I don't want to see any of that. <laughs> oh, I, it's, I really, it's, it's really rough. The playrooms are really hard to look at. <laughs> and there's nobody knew, in them. They're just like, just, I don't like that. I don't like saying the playrooms. The play, I don't like I just I don't the, even the want The fact it. that they refer to it as play. It's, I know. It, that's always it, been a big issue yes, for yeah. me with the poly community. The, it's the play thing. The terminology there is tough. I knew a guy who went – there was used to be a sex club, actually kind of run by a Vince McMahon-type guy in San Francisco called the Power Exchange. That's uh, very famous. They would, they would advertise on the radio. They advertise everywhere. And my, wow. my buddy got free tickets, and he went, and he said it was just like uh, – like this sort of like dungeon, like hostel, where the guy gets taken out of the movie Hostel. And uh, he was like walking around in a towel, and this like shutter opens, and this guy is like, this in a German accent, it's like, come in here. And then he was like, uh, basically, this German man and his German wife, uh, my, my, my friend was, was filleted by the wife while the German man sort of just watched, and uh, w- which is germane to the subject. Uh, of this, today's episode. Uh, we are talking about wrestling. Brian, we had talked about this before we started. What are your wrestling c- credentials? I, I watched WWF when I was like eight. And then, you know, in my teenage years, I watched the Monday Night Wars, both WCW and WWF. Probably a little bit more of a WCW fan than a WWF fan. And then when they went out of business, I kind of went away. Mm-hmm. And then back in 2014, there was a WrestleMania match that people told me I needed to see. I saw it, and I've been watching now for 10 years again. <laughs> they pulled you back in. Yeah, yeah. I watch AEW though. I'm not the I'm not a WWE like guy. It's like a different thing. It's like WWE's really hard to watch because of like Vince McMahon's like neuroses and things like that. Mm. It's very hard to enjoy. <laughs> 
So as listeners may have surmised at this point, we are talking about Vince McMahon today. Uh, we have we've talked about Vince McMahon in another episode from several years ago uh, that was sort of related to a adjacent scandal in the wrestling community. Uh, this one is a involves a pretty explosive and I gotta say disgusting uh, yeah. set of allegations from uh, a former neighbor of Vince McMahon. And uh, a, I guess, sort of an employee at at WWE that has led to Vince McMahon uh, resigning abruptly after having returned abruptly, which is a very wrestling kind of thing to do. Well, we should talk about that because that is kind of all wrapped up in this story. I will say this. I never, I really rarely do this on the show, but I'm going to say this. The suit that we're going to discuss, what you said, the like allegations by is her. The woman's name is Janelle Grant. It's like a seventy-page lawsuit. It is a really difficult read. It's like very harrowing. I never say this. There's some stuff we're probably going to discuss that's like very. Um, it's just very, no pun intended, very raw, very upsetting, mm-hmm. very difficult to talk about. I, we probably could quote things in here that I might say, like, I don't think we should quote that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm just putting it out there that this stuff is very disturbing. Like, I, w- I was very, like, very, very disturbed reading this. It was interesting because a lot of fans knew a lot, know a lot of bad stuff about Vince, you know, the Rita Chatterton thing and Ashley yeah. Massaro and the stuff he did on TV with, like, uh, Trish Stratus and stuff. Like, we all knew there was a bunch of stuff in the past. But even, I think within like smart like wrestling fans that like watch it be like in an adult way because there's like two ways to kind of watch it yeah i think they were seeing people how shocked like wrestling journalists were about it was like that is insane because we know he's a bad guy you know but not i didn't think he was that bad well two things that, that you just said um one is uh I think we should explain some of those, the allegations that you, or some of them aren't even allegations still, but some of the controversies that you mentioned for our listeners who aren't wrestling fans or aren't Vince McMahon followers. I don't know if he has many fans. No, that's why yeah. I didn't mean to. Oh, he well, does. There's some people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair um, enough. Which maybe we should mention before we kind of get into some of this stuff. But also, I was just t- talking to Brace before we started recording, and I was saying, like, one thing that struck me. And, you know, when we're kind of reading all this stuff leading up to this episode is reading a lot of the journalists who are covering the WWE is that, like, it's weird because you can tell they're, like, huge fans, right? Like, you're almost, like, fan first and then you kind of find a journalist career out of that second as opposed to what you would think. Not that I think we should compare the WWE I'm going to butcher that all WWE. <laughs> all episode. Um, not that we should compare it to sports maybe, but like entertainment. Like even with entertainment, like it's rare that people kind of come in fan first then become journalist second, right? But that's clearly like the case with a lot of people who cover the WWE. And, you know, even in reading some of this stuff, it's like I can see that they probably imagine themselves like, ooh, if I was a wrestler, like I would – this is who my character would be. Like you can read a lot of – fandom in their writing which is unique i think to the to the um landscape and so to see how both shocked but also like 
in some of the coverage a little apologetic in certain things, especially towards the company, especially towards Triple H, especially towards, you know, even Stephanie or even Endeavor uh, and all of the stuff we're going to cover as we go through this. But that to me was very striking. There's a movement towards like them doing real journalism. I don't know if you guys heard about the press conference I after did, the Rumble. Yeah. And where the first two questions were like, hey, you know, how happy are you to have the Netflix deal and stuff like that? And <laughs> yeah. then one guy asked about this and then two more guys asked about it. And like that night before those guys asked about the thing, people were like, what the fuck is wrong with these journalists? Like writing yeah, these yeah, really yeah. long things about mm. these people aren't journalists. They shouldn't be there. They shouldn't. And it's like, those press conferences are – you can talk to people out of character, but there are also people there in character. So right. it's kind of a weird thing to – I think for the people that are there, it has to be kind of weird to be like, is this kayfabe? Is this like – right? is this real? Are we talking to real people? But I was very shocked at how unprepared Triple H was during that thing. Like, it, it fucking blew my mind that they sent him out there with apparently no strategy at all to deal with it, which leads me to believe he's going to get, he's gone. They're going to gut yeah. the company, and he's one of the people that's got to go. You cannot, he, he, that when you said they pushed their, they pushed Vince out, like, there was a board vote where Vince got pushed out, and Triple mm -hmm. H and Stephanie both voted for him to be pushed out. Mm -hmm. And then he came back and had to yes. get a certain amount of a vote on the board after the investigation. And Triple H voted for him to come back. Stephanie did not. Yeah. And then she was gone. She got like, she got like, she said she quit. And then like a few days later, they had leaked something that said she just wasn't good enough at her job for her to be Yeah, there. that was the like, big business insider piece, right? But the yeah, context yeah. of that being that Stephanie and Triple H were married in real life too, right? Yeah. 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 And it's interesting because it's like so there was an investigation, it seems that if you're on the board, you know what what the case was about. So mm -hmm. why did you vote him back in and why was it such a beyond the pale thing for Stephanie McMahon, a uh, carney to She's going to be the one that, like, is the one that sticks up for herself. I understand that, like, you run a company and, like, the top tier of the company is, like, half carnies and half yeah. executives. Things are going to get very weird. But uh, I think now that, that Endeavor owns them, I think the executives are going to become executives. I think there's going to be a lot less carnies involved in that company from here on out. Yeah, a kind of professionalization. We should back up because we're covering a bunch of stuff that maybe our listeners aren't aware of. Because I think that like your your point about it being like carny, half carny, half executive is really interesting because that kind of is maybe a way to get us into talking about Vince, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you can't talk about the WWE and it's like development from kind of carny... Carney sideshow into a uh, multi-billion dollar. It was a big, I think billion dollar deal, Netflix deal. Yeah, mul that was, uh, yeah, multi-billion dollar. Yeah, yeah, uh, brokered by Endeavor, a huge fucking company that bought the WWE what, like two, three years ago, whatever it was, or kind of merged the UFC and the WWE. Um, without talking about Vince McMahon's career and trajectory, because he kind of 
is at the heart of building this thing into what it is now. Um, so maybe I think our listeners are probably aware of who Vince McMahon is, but if you aren't, that's one fucking sick as hell. That's Live so your life. Cool. In fact, turn the podcast off right wait, now. Don't learn be, who he is. They could just be European or like that's Chinese. That's true. But if you want to keep listening, which actually you should, Brian, can you give us a rundown of who Vince McMahon is? He's the son of a of the promoter that ran the New York territory during the territory system, which was the biggest territory. And uh, he inherited the company from his father. And uh, he he went around the country and bought territories out from under. Because wrestling used to be done in a way where like Ohio would have its, Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana would have their own territory. San Francisco would have its own mm-hmm. territory. Like there would mm-hmm. be a company, a wrestling company owned by all those, but he consolidated all that so that basically there was just his company. Like basically nationalizing it in a way, <laughs> like kind of yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, centralizing yeah, it, it national. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and he, uh, you know, got very successful in the eighties with, you know, people will know the Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant stuff. Like that mm-hmm. run was when it became just this huge juggernaut, and it was like one of at the time only two companies at that point. And uh, then uh, the other company he bought. The last company, it was like WCW. He bought them from Turner in mm-hmm. 2000 and has basically had a monopoly on the wrestling business from about 2000 until like, I think he still does. You can't really say AEW is is competition. They have more money than WWE, but they're not like, they're not getting the ratings and the audiences mm-hmm. that, that WWE has. But uh, he he's run a monopoly, so he gets away. He's gotten away with a lot of stuff, specifically on the back of saying, "I'm already in an I'm already in a business that is for sleazy people." You know yeah. what I mean? So he's he realizes that, and he knows that the news is never going to take him seriously. So any of these accusations, they're like Vince McMahon pile drives his way into, like, yeah, doing yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. He bounces off the ropes after his rape accusations or whatever. Yeah. So he's just a guy. He is the guy that has run professional wrestling since about the '80s and has done it in a. Again, a very nasty way. Like, you know, the way he treats the women on the show is beyond the pale. And the things that we found out and this thing is even worse. And there's other NDAs too. There's an yeah. NDA. All the wrestling journalists are like, there's an NDA for seven and a half million dollars. Yeah. This one yeah. was three million dollars. What is in that seven and a half million dollar yes. NDA? You know? <laughs> Well, so I mean, Vince McMahon is I, I I I've never really followed wrestling. I played that I think it was WCW versus WWF like N sixty four game NWO WCW NWL. I played that. I loved that game, but that was like I never really watched wrestling. That was sort of like my only, uh, I guess, the, the, my only peek into that world. But I've always been like aware of it. And Vince McMahon is one of the most, uh, I guess, prominent figure. I mean, he is like the actual business owner, has been for most of, uh, almost all of the uh, 
existence of of the WWE, but he is also a character too. And like yeah. that's that's what's so kind of what we're talking about here is like this weird uh, line between like these actual real life scandals and crimes, but then this person's also playing a character. So it's almost like if the cast of like Days of Our Lives or something were like actually murdering and I don't know what they really do on Days of Our Lives, but you know. Oh my God, I do so much. But imagine if they were doing all those things in real life. Lucifer's involved even. The devil? Devil. Yes. (laughs) My mom used to watch that every day after school. Um, but you know, it's like they're, they're, you know, it's like they're doing all these things in real life and it's like reported on as like a real thing, but it's like hard to take seriously. But Vince McMahon, the one thing that I've always known about him is he is like a psychopath, like a real deal, not just like playing a character, like the, a cold blooded psychopath mixed in with probably one of the most extensive steroid regimens in human (laughs) history, uh, which I don't think does too many, um, positive things for one's mental health. Uh, and it's kind of and it also a a weird sex addict who's always sort of woven in like this like really misogynistic kind of like uh, sexual stuff with wrestling, but also his personal life. I, I was reading this account that he didn't believe that people wanted to see a female Asian wrestler until until he was told about the internet category of Asian porn. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I think the connections between Vince wrestling and porn are a little yes. disturbing, um, to say the least. You know, it's interesting what you say, and it's kind of echoing also what Brian said, that I was thinking about this as reading all this stuff, is that, like, wrestling really hinges on, like, the company, the industry, and also the performances, like, really hinge on plausible deniability, in the sense that, like, you kind of have, it's like, is it real? Is it not real? Is it is it a performance? Is it not a performance? Like, it's kind of that, you know, what did Trump say to the kid about Santa? Where it's like, oh, At this age, it's marginal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there's probably always a, a point in a kid's life where he kind of realizes that wrestling is fake. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that it's scripted in a way that it is. But there is a sense that, like, but the, the um, you know, the, the company conducts itself as if it were real, right? It doesn't really, you know, the, uh, or, you know, uh, there's such a, there was such an emphasis on never breaking the kayfabe. And it's interesting to see that mirrored in the way that Vince, like you say, like conducted himself almost as a character as well outside of the realm of the, or yeah. literally outside of the ring, right? That like, even as he's kind of with these like horrendous fucking sexual Allegation, sexual assault allegations, which you know we should get into now. Um, but there is an air of like in these text messages too to Janelle Grant, like this kind of distance that he that he puts between himself. Like there's a kind of plausible deniability that he likes to take every step of the way. That's just mirrored exactly in how wrestling conducts itself, like from the bottom up. I think that the way that people who who are very in, like people like me, watch it. Also, is like, I don't need to believe that the stuff on TV is real, but when I watch it, I can tell what's going on backstage by what's going on on the show. Like, the show mirrors Mm. what's going on in the back. So, you'll hear a backstage story, and then you'll see on a show, uh, I don't know, a guy comes out and gets humiliated and beat up, and you're like, oh, he's in trouble. He's he's in trouble in the actual company now. So like, that's the other way a lot of people watch it. And I think that like the decade, I, nobody, 
I wish somebody would do something about this, but what it must be like to live in a way where you have to keep some sort of kayfabe, like those wrestlers in the eighties and nineties, like what did that Mm -hmm. do to their, what did that do to their brains to have to act like a bad guy when they go to a fucking bar? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what messed up a lot of those guys. Yeah. That what you're saying reminds me so much of that clip I sent you guys the other day of Stephanie McMahon, uh, kind of quote unquote acting out this scene with Vince, maybe we can play it right now as a way to get into some of these allegations. You know what, Dad? I'm sorry. What do you mean? I'm sorry that all my life I've let you manipulate me and use me. All my life just to be the apple of my daddy's eye. I'm having a little fun here. Every time that you have ever, every time I went out to dinner with one of your business associates, I was 17 years old, you don't think they told me what you promised them I'd do? And guess what, Dad? I did it. I did it for you, the things I did with them, and I'm ashamed of myself. I'm ashamed of myself that I'm just like you. And I'm not going to let you do that to Zach Gowan. So, yeah, let's talk about this lawsuit. And I want to say I don't think (laughs) I'm not very worried about this in this case, but I want to say that everything from this point on is alleged. This is a civil court suit and has not been proved in court. Uh, and so imagine I'm saying allegedly before I say anything that sounds like it should have the word allegedly in front of it. That is a full legal statement there. So uh, this lawsuit just came out. It was filed by a woman named Janelle Grant, a very young woman who lived in the same building as Vince McMahon. She was his neighbor and got to know Vince after her parents died. Uh, both of her parents died, uh, I guess, around the same time. She was uh, had didn't have a lot of money um, and was friends with a couple people who worked for the WWE and also friends with a building manager who introduced her to Vince. Um, that is an important point I want to make about the parents being dead because and her sort of being in this transitional place in her life because Vince McMahon frequently references that throughout their, uh, I guess you could call relationship. I'm not saying that they were boyfriend and girlfriend. I mean the time that they knew each other. Uh, by reminding her that she's so vulnerable and childlike and naive yeah. and like using those words, which is absolutely insane. But he uh, he enthusiastically responds to uh, her asking for a job with a hell yeah and gets her to meet him at his apartment where he offers her basically a uh, a fake job essentially. Uh, with like the, I'm gonna find you a position. Yeah, basically. we're gonna we're gonna come up with uh, a. Uh, a position, and there's one. Um, there's there's several instances in this lawsuit because it's pretty detailed uh, on their interactions with each other. Um, Liz, could, could you read this one out loud? He stated that similar to rehabbing an injury, Miss Grant cannot let scar tissue build up inside her from trauma, as her vulnerability is quote a gift, which is a nasty little thing to say if you kind of understand the, the context here, which is that he's trying to essentially exploit her. Yeah, I think, like, peppered through this, you start to see it really, like, very clearly at the beginning is the way in which he, I mean, you know, this this word gets thrown around a lot, although it was very key in the Gilly Maxwell trial, is the way in which he's grooming her. Yeah. Like, it's very, very fucking, like, if you're, like, uh, if you're some asshole who listens to us, which, by the way, don't fucking listen to us. What do you keep saying this stuff for? I don't know. You know, you don't know who's (laughs) out there. But 
and you're like, I don't think grooming is real. Oh, Fucking, okay. yeah, this shit is, cr- this is textbook. It is like crazy. He's like, you're a little girl. I'm going to protect you. Your parents just died. Don't worry. I'm fucking wealthy. I own the WWE. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna set you up. You're gonna get a job. You haven't worked in like three years because you've been taking care of your parents who were dying. Like now you can, you know, take care of yourself and make sure not to, you know, lose your your innocence and your childlike vulnerability. I mean, it's really fucking gross. I've never. I. I that is the the grooming aspect of this is like. People, like you said, people say it a lot. If you read this, you're like, this is what it is. This is exactly what grooming is. Yes. uh, I mean, he was, and it seemed like the thing about the grooming here is that it felt like he knew that's what he was doing. Like, yeah. Some of the stuff that's happened uh, uh, in the past, you can be like, well, they just were in what seemed to be an abusive relationship. Maybe he didn't know he was grooming. He was doing it kind of. But it seems like Vince McMahon, if you had asked him, are you grooming this woman? He would be like, yeah, I am. That's actually. Hell exactly yeah. 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 There's a kind like of wiki weird. how how to groom a, a young woman. Or but what. also like a weird. Yeah. Like a kind of like, yes, that's what I'm going to do. And then it's going to work out really great for us. Like it's very, very weird. I also say, and this is pure speculation on my part. There is nothing about this that gives me the sense that this is the first time he no, is doing this. No, there's stories of of like there's little stories of people in the past, and there, I think so much stuff is about it. Stuff is going to come out, especially with the yeah. the apparently a news story just came out today that the NDAs are written in a way that any of them can be broken. Like the mm-hmm. the one that Janelle Grant had, a lawyer looked through it and was like, "This isn't gonna." hold up anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It I think that like I don't know, you got to imagine there are people preparing to sue WWE well, yeah. advent, you know, yeah. st- like different people. I think a lot of this stuff's going to come out and my guess is that there are a lot of women wrestlers that are about yeah. to say like this is what was going on backstage because you know, they just Kevin Dunn is one of Vince's right-hand men that just two weeks ago he he retired. And uh, he is also mm. very famous for having done a lot of this stuff. And then I sent you this, Brace, but John Laurinaitis. Yep. Who's named in this suit. He's named in this. It seems like Vince had friends that, like this was a thing that him and his friends would do. You know, like pass around to each other and stuff like that. Like they're talking. The weirdest fucking thing is that they're talking about Vince going to the tech guys and saying, you want to see a naked lady on my phone? That is fucking crazy to me for a guy his age. So my, 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 that's that's something that becomes really. I mean, I think like the subtext of that, that a lot of the stuff in this lawsuit is really clear. And like, this is not anyone's first rodeo, right? No. Like, I'm sorry, you are like uh, a, a an executive at a company, and you're, I think it's the CEO of the company, and is is like, hey, do you want to like do these threesomes with me at the office? It's like. This is not. I mean, the guy. These guys are like in their fucking seventies, right? Yes. I mean, Vince McMahon is yeah. old as hell. This is not something that he figured out about last week. Mm-hmm. Well, so so I mean, the, the 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 whole like way that he does this is so sinister because like you know, at the end of that first meeting, he gives Janelle a hug, and this happens a few times, two or three times in the lawsuit. He hugs her, and like hugs her tight and goes, 
so good. Yeah. And it's a slow yeah. creep at first. Like he's like, you know, she she in the lawsuit, she kind of details that she really, you know, she can sense like, okay, this is weird. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable. She says she's uncomfortable. She cites text messages that she sends to friends and like neighbors in her buildings that she was close with saying that like, you know, this is getting kind of weird. Like, you know, so there is some, it seems like some documentation from almost every step of the way as this uh-huh. proceeded. Um, but he kind of like, it's a slow creep. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm testing this hug. And then at a certain point, he's like, please come lay down on this bed with me. And she's like, no, no. And he's like, I just want to hold you. And she, you know, after protestation, like finally relents. Reading all this is very upsetting. Finally relents and just lays there kind of frozen as he's holding her. And then it obviously, you know, continues from there. Yeah. Um, you know, he gives her one of these fake jobs basically with just like no work and like keeps her on retainer. And this is something that like continues throughout the lawsuit. She's like actually does want to work. I mean, that's yeah. – it's and, and she's just like I have no – there's no emails. I get no text messages. I get no calls. I just sit in this office and get sexually explicit text messages from Vince McMahon, uh, several of which are reproduced and which are some of the most insane things that I've ever read. One thing that struck out to me, I mean, we'll probably go over one of the, uh, at some point, one of them, but it's uh, a lot of OMGs, which is, I guess, kind of surprising. Mm. Um, but they're sort of like stream of consciousness, like, uh, sort of Barosian uh, uh, odes to her uh, mostly a fascination of her being covered in, in cum. And it's it's like something that he just returns to over and over and over again. And like you can – this person is just like sitting there at work while this – like her the CEO of this company, a famous guy, is just sending these texts over and over. And one thing that is also very apparent in um, in this lawsuit is that like – Everybody in the office seemed to know what was going on. I mean, they didn't necessarily know that she was getting these text messages all day, but everyone's like kind of weird. You know, it's like if you if you coworker got hired and like was clearly somebody that was like with the boss and is given no work, and she just you know describes this, this feeling of paranoia yeah. and of like uh, of of everybody watching her because like she she knows that they know. Yeah, there's like yeah. one moment where she says that she's like suffering panic attacks because she can tell that people at work like know what's going on and there's nothing she can do to stop it. And then, you know, she says that she, there, I mean, there's a text message that she had sent to a friend that's like, I don't, I, I know that they can see me having these panic attacks and I don't know what to do. Like, it's just, it sounds like all encompassing and, and and completely harrowing. I think she names a bunch of um, employees, but they're all they're not like named named. They're like WWE employee yeah, one, yeah, two, yeah. three. They're clearly some pretty high executives up in the company. But what's interesting is that the lawsuit also implicates Stephanie McMahon as well as like the entire corporate structure of the WWE saying that they knew. And it there's like a really interesting I just want to point this out because I found this very interesting before we get into even how much further this degrades this relationship, um, one-sided relationship. Um, but that there's a suggestion that they commit securities fraud, actually, which is really interesting. Um, there's a quote. In SEC filings, the company tried to divert attention away from Mr. McMahon's abuse of women by focusing on the technical issue of how hush money was accounted for. In the words of the company, the issue was, quote, immaterial accounting errors related to certain payments that Mr. McMahon agreed to make during the period from 2006 through 2002. Now, 
it's in, I you know I was listening to a journalist talking about this, and he was saying that you know it's not clear that Endeavor knew about this when they bought the WWE, or you know they bought they merged UFC and W. They basically bought it. Um, yeah. This suggests that actually they did right because yeah. Endeavor would have to do a shit ton of accounting before any kind of merger or purchase like that. So it's either suggesting that Endeavor's either incompetent and that they couldn't see that there were hush money payments being made from Vince McMahon for almost fucking, like, almost 10 years, 20 years, or they saw it and they didn't give a fuck. And that's pretty pretty explosive, I would say, the suggestion in the suit. Or they didn't know how they, – they can say they didn't know how bad it was. But yeah. people were talking about this before the merger. It seemed as though like Vince was trying to cash out as quickly as possible because when he came back, he said, I'm only coming back to facilitate a sale. Mm. So I think he knew he was going to have to cash out at some point and that this stuff was going to come out, especially when you say like this NDA was signed – for $3 million, and he just stopped paying it. Right. And it's like, fucking, that's like $30 to me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like It's yeah, an easy yeah. amount of money. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's he it, a big part of this. Yeah, he stiffs people on NDA money, which is so... He does that also on, on like, he's been known as somebody who stiffs people in business deals since way back a long time ago. He just does it because nobody cares. Like, nobody outside of wrestling cares. And because he, he quite possibly, uh, again, speculation on my part, might have sexual blackmail on a lot of fucking people in this company. Well, it's you know, it's yeah, funny because yeah. he absolutely <laughs> does, but I'm not even sure. I, I, actually, that's not true. Vince is like a fucking psychopath. I bet he does think of it like that. But, like, there's also so much on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... Uh, that's what's so like one of the things from this was I mean because not only is he sexually exploiting this girl he brings in quite a few people that he knows and there's one instance in the lawsuit which is both like a really crazy detail but also something that I think sort of foreshadows uh, some future stuff that happens which is when he uh, brings uh, sex toys into the uh, equation um and it, notably, I'm going to just read from this real quick. Notably, McMahon was more aggressive when using the certain sex toys named after male WWE wrestlers and performers. McMahon named the sex toys so that the color of the toy matched the race of the wrestler. For example, a black dildo would be named after an African-American wrestler and a white dildo would be named after a Caucasian wrestler. In addition to McMahon's fatuation with pretending that other men, and namely certain WWE talent, were in the room with them, this was yet another incremental step in desensitizing Miss Grant to his fantasy and eventual demands that she perform sexual acts and or for and or have sexual contact with others in WWE. We should say real quick because we haven't that at this point the relationship between them has like is like fully is like, you know, sexual. Yeah. Um it does not seem consensual. <laughs> It is not – I mean there's nothing in this to make it seem consensual. And she repeatedly says over and over again how much she felt she was intimidated and had to kind of uh, – like had to basically have sex with Vince on you know all different sorts of occasions. Give, send him nudes. Send him all of these sexually explicit text messages because he could – and he made this very clear to her that he controlled her livelihood, her job, her employment and – if she didn't comply, he would tell everybody at the company what they were doing. 
You know, weirdly enough, too, for years, people have said, I mean, since the 80s, people have said the WWE feels like Vince McMahon playing with his, he feels like a guy that's playing with his toys. So when that came out that he was naming dildos after wrestlers, it was just like, he's fucking everything that we thought he was, and he's worse than, you know what I mean? Because that was, yeah. That was very strange. And also, I found it, like, you haven't brought it up, and I'm sorry if you were going to later, but the Brock Lesnar stuff in there, where it's like, okay, so Brock Lesnar was the only wrestler he used her in the negotiations. Can you explain that really quick? So, in the negotiation, Brock Lesnar was uh, thinking about leaving, because he comes in and out, and uh, Mm -hmm. he's like a part-time guy. And he said, I think I'm going to, uh, uh," and the Washington... uh, the Wall Street Journal reported his name. It's not in the – he's called WWE wrestler number one like or something like that. Superstar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, Vince, as part of negotiating his new contract, offers her up to him. And he, for some reason, can't perform – and just says a bunch of nasty stuff about him. He's gone now. He was supposed to come back last Saturday too. And they've scrubbed him from all the plans that they have. So it's very obvious that he yeah. is one of the guys. But he, in the past, since 2018, 2019, the negotiations for talent have been a little bit more contentious because there's a second company that mm-hmm. can pay them the same amount of money that mm-hmm. Vince can pay them. So it just makes me think like, man, how many times did he use her as a bargaining chip to keep a guy in, or to get a guy to jump over and stuff? Like, I, I don't, I think like all those top guys, your John Cena's and, and guys like that, I, I don't know if he's ever done anything. I, it's never been rumored. It's just weird. And like, uh, you know, they're yeah. like top guys. Undertaker is one that I always think about because like he is in the inner circle of Vince and like, if he he had to know about it. Well, that's so. what seems very clear from this suit is that like over and over she makes the case and I think she makes it or her lawyers, whatever, make a very strong case that everyone in the fucking company knew about this. Like from like low level, like her level employee to like high level executives to stars that like – and not just because Vince was, as we'll get into, just like sharing insane fucking photos yeah. of her in like completely nude or having sex or in terrible – like just horrible, horrible photos, um, basically sexual blackmail, that he was sharing them with everyone. But also because he ends up like fucking like pimping her out to yes. people as you're alluding to, whether it's like people on staff or – "Quote unquote superstars or his fucking physical therapist, his physical therapist, yes. who he like also sends her to. Yes. Basically, like well, there's all of these situations where um, it's very clear that again, this sounds like almost like a vestige from the like quote unquote Me Too era, but the fucking there's a culture in this company and in this industry." that, like, knew about this, didn't care, or covered it up. Well, they tried to pin it on John Laurinaitis mm-hmm. was, like, the main thing. Like, she mentions him in the suit um, and some of the nasty things he did. And, like, it seemed like they fired him right away when this stuff came out. Before Vince, yeah. John Laurinaitis was gone. Yeah. And uh, he's another guy who, who, I mean, he ran 
he decided who they signed and who they put on TV. Yeah. You know, so if you're a wrestler and you're not getting on TV, you know, who knows what these guys were up to. But I also think that the reason that they had her working there without without doing anything is that was the easiest way to isolate her. None yeah. of the employees that don't know that know nothing about it, they don't like her. And the people that know about it, like are there's people that probably think you know, yeah. this is probably happening. But, like, they isolated her, so there was nowhere she was going to be able to go Yeah, to there's some levels to that, this. And, well, one, one thing that really stuck out with me is at, at one point she's like, fuck, like, I, like, I'm feeling really, you know, she's, like, having a mental breakdown. She wants to go to this doctor, and Vince is like, no, you're going to this, and who's quoted in the, uh, named in the suit as a celebrity doctor, which yeah. I don't know if that means the doctor's a celebrity or that means the doctor... Uh, you know, practices solely on celebrities or what, but a celebrity mm -hmm. doctor. And, like, you know, she goes to him and, like, sort of tells him what's going on, and he's just like, yeah, you're all good. Like, don't worry about it. Like, you don't have – there's nothing wrong with you. And, you know, it's it's like you can sort of see this, like, degradation in her mental state that's happening through this as Vince subjects her to, like, more and more, like, dis disgusting things. The you know, the, I think the first person he brings in for these three – it's very clear, I mean, throughout all of the text messages, which is like, yeah, Liz, that's right. They're too nasty for us to, to read on here. I mean, they're, there's, they're, they're insane. Um, but one thing that Vince has, and, and sort of uh, you know, to your point about him playing with action figures, is this fantasy of people that he knows having sex uh, in, in very degrading ways with this woman. Uh, and he brings his physical therapist in it, and, and one of the most – I think the most disgusting um, uh, 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 details from the lawsuit is is inarguably the most disgusting. I think is that he uh, shits on her head and uh, during a threesome with uh, the physical his physical therapist, and this like leaves the room while his physical therapist continues to, and takes a shower while his physical therapist continues to have sex with her. And, he, yeah. uh, I'm going to read just some things from the suit just so that people can get a sense of like how degrading and. Um, like horrifying this is. McMahon openly shared explicit photographs and salacious stories about Miss Grant with WWE crew at TV tapings, a group McMahon also referred to as her, quote, fan club. Indeed, McMahon exuberantly messaged her a, quote, truthful story of having just shared explicit content of her with a group of 12 men on the WWE tech crew. Physically abused her with a sex toy not meant to be inserted. It left her bleeding, laying on the floor because she couldn't sit up. She, this is a quote from her. That in a text that she sent him, I got hurt in some way I'm having trouble describing. She lost so much weight due to the stress that she was weighed just over 100 pounds in the fall of 2020, just over a year since she had started working at WWE. Here's a quote. Miss Grant pleaded, no, 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 and please stop. M McMahon responded with, no means yes. Miss Grant, again, told them to stop. The I mean, I think that with as she's describing her physical symptoms and like how she was mentally degrading, it seems very clear that she also developed bulimia as a response to the trauma that she was enduring. Mm -hmm. um, McMahon was so physically rough with Miss Grant during this one encounter that Miss Grant begged McMahon to stop numerous times, including loud cries of help, I'm serious, I'm scared, and as he, among other things, penetrated her, fisted her, pulled her hair, pinned her, shoved her, and open palm slapped her. McMahon's assault caused Miss Grant to break down weeping and curl into the fetal position with her arms pulled up to protect her face. 
Unable to recognize herself, Miss Grant went numb and obeyed. And I, I mean, I think that the suit makes it really clear, just real straight. I mean, she says McMahon controlled Miss Grant's employment, income, paid for her medical care, circulated naked pictures of her, and ignored her lack of consent. WWE, the corporation, mm-hmm. benefited financially from the Commercial Sex Act venture orchestrated by McMahon because, again, he was passing her off to his friends, employees. And using her in contract negotiations. Yes, including by having wrestling talent, such as, as named, WWE Super superstar, signed new contracts with WWE after McMahon presented plaintiff as a sexual commodity for their use. I mean, it's just, it's really, that might be as much as I think we should say about the details and and how much this shit gets in because I, that's, again, this is a 70-page lawsuit and it's really, really difficult to read, but I just want to give a sense of like how, it's a level of disturbing that was, very, very shocking, and um, yeah. yeah, just like uh, yeah, it's it's Brian. I, you know, I, I mentioned this before, but like coming out of this, you know, I, I I've always known that Vince is like a bad person. I mean, I think that that's been pretty heavily reported on, just yeah. in various. I mean, not necessarily even in sexual way. I mean, in sexual ways, but also in like in terms of of him exploiting people that work for him. Um, you know the stuff with own heart, the the stuff with uh, you know what's that fucking John Stossel, all that shit. Um, the uh, J- Superfly, Jimmy Snuka, and Nancy Argentino. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, and and just like it, it seems like this, like, he's a real deal, like a psychopath, like a an actual like I would say almost like irredeemably evil. I mean, this is this is insane shit. And, like, is this, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this earlier, uh, you know, how, how people have sort of, like, treated him almost like his character. But, like, this seems like something that would sort of shatter the, 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 the KFAB. I don't even know, really. I mean, most people, I think, it feels like most people are, like, because the first time he left, people were like, oh, you know, call him whatever you want, but you got to call him a legend and like yeah. uh mm. people were giving him all these like he changed everything he mm. he made wrestling bigger than it's ever been before and now this time a lot of those same people are either very quiet which leads you to believe that maybe cuz these are guys that used to work for him right mm. or they're outwardly talking about him but when one guy runs a whole industry there's not really like if you want to be a wrestler up until, I don't know, it would be like 2016, 2015 maybe. If you wanted to be a wrestler, there was only one place to go. Yeah. Now you can go to Japan. You can. There's there's money on the indies. There's AEW. There's Impact and stuff. There, there are places where people can go. But like all of this stuff sounds exactly like the guy that you're led to believe he is after you learn more and more about him the playing with his action figures the the he thinks his sense of humor about like farts and shitting on people and stuff yeah. like that stuff is like in the text of the show not even like in the subtext right. of the show like you can go back and find him doing things that almost mirror stuff from here on TV it's like not as bad but he seems to be a guy who uses his show to settle scores because there's also that. He's done stuff on the show that didn't make any sense, and people are like, 
like, why did he do that? And it's, you find out it was because somebody, he thought somebody wronged him, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Ted Turner being one of them. And, um, it just, all of this stuff that came out seemed like what we thought he was times 15. You know what I mean? Because I didn't yeah. think he was like actually violently hitting, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah. For a guy like him that works in an industry where you hit people, that he would hit people. I mean, it sounds fucked up to say that, right? To be like, oh, it is just as simple as like it was what we th- like it, it it was what it said it was. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. But it's like no one you don't want to believe it because it's so horrifying. And you were I mean, not you specifically, but I mean the the royal you, you know, people watching it were fucking enjoying it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this was part of it. And I feel like there's got to be, I mean, I hope, you know, I, I, you know, for the journalists that cover this who are also fans and for fans of wrestling, I hope that there is a sort of like, you know, maybe sit down and think about that for a second. Because like you say, this shit that was going on behind the scenes wasn't actually like in the subtext. It was in the text. And yeah. part of the whole script of the WWE was reaching into, like you said earlier in the show, the kind of you know, the behind-the-scenes machinations of the company, what was the drama of the family, all of the kind of, you know, this this sort of, like, second sort of behind-the-curtain layer that fans really loved kind of playing into and reading. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, well, what the fuck were you watching this entire time? Like, if I was a fan of the W, I would be, like, I would be dissociating right now. I'd be so com- fucking confused about what I've been enjoying. No. It's weird because they they have a plausible deniability aspect of like, well, Vince is gone. That's been the Mm. reaction from everyone, even Netflix, who has a documentary coming out about Vince. Of course. Which who knows what's going to be in it. Well, they got to re-edit that fucking thing. Yeah. It's a three-episode documentary series, and I'm really interested. At first, they were saying it doesn't take it easy on Vince. But now the company... Now Netflix owns the company. Like, well, that's that's a, that's a funny thing. Is because like, how do you end that with like he's accused of you know these vicious, horrible, disgusting sexual assaults. Also, uh, we negotiated the deal for, for WWE to come to uh, to um, Netflix with him. Yeah, uh, and and that's what I keep wondering. Like, are they gonna are they gonna do it? Because I guess Vince, I guess they did do a press release. Because you guys heard about. For the rumble, Slim Jim pulled out. Yeah, right? that was the that was what like broke the camel's back, right? Oh, God, yeah, Slim Jim. And then no, it came like literally, right back. like because no one, oh, none the, of the, it's not the Slim Jim. Yes, yeah, I should have gone with that one. <laughs> Damn it! But uh, like no ad, like advertisers and sponsors weren't really commenting because it was like no one really knew what to do. And then Slim Jim was like, "Fuck it, we're out." And then that was like, you know, yeah. The oh next day, they were like, we're back in. And even did a, a joke post about Slim Jim has entered the Royal Rumble. And it's like, Jesus okay, Christ. do you know why you were out? Yeah. So I think that the hope, the the strategy and the hope now, especially for people who are big fans of the show, is like they've been asking for Vince to be gone for a long time. Like because he's he's also lost it. He's not like a good booker. The show yeah. doesn't make any sense and stuff like that. So people had been wanting them wanting him to go for a long time and Triple H is a guy that they like. They think he books the way that they want to see 
And uh, it definitely feels like uh, the hope is that this goes away and they can keep Triple H and they can keep Shawn Michaels and Bruce Pritchard and all those. They can keep those guys on and just keep the kind of uh, the keep the thing together. I don't think they're going to be able to do that. I, I don't think there's really any possible way that Triple H is getting out of this thing. I just can't yeah. imagine. I, I <laughs> Like, it just is one of those, like, he had to know. And then people are like, oh, but he's his son-in-law. Maybe he didn't know. That kind of, <laughs> he's his son-in-law. Maybe he didn't know. <laughs> those are the kind of boundaries in, that don't exist with these guys. They don't understand that. <laughs> but that's the thing that, like, kind of freaks me out a little bit because, again, you know, bringing it back to the media that's looking at this, it's going to take places like, you know, outside of the quote-unquote wrestling community or whatever, like the Wall Street Journal, like business, like all these people that have been reporting on this to do the work because all of the fans want, who are also journalists or vice versa, want, they don't want to believe it, but also they just want it to go away. No one wants to fucking deal with this if this is going to bring down the whole thing, right? Like, This is my they, escape. I don't want to think about this stuff exactly. for my because it is we all we all have like in our in our minds like God I do this thing that doesn't have anything to do with the nasty stuff in the world I just want yeah. it to stay that way of course. and the way that wrestling the the thing that's happened with wrestling over the past I don't know since like 2019 is that like there's two hardened camps. Of people, one is the WWE people, and the other one is the AEW people. And people that go to the WWE shows, they cooperate. They do. They love everything that goes on on there because mm -hmm. the other people have another place to go. There was a period where the crowd would turn on their shows and just yeah. start yelling something they didn't want them to, or something like that. But that doesn't happen anymore. And I think that like. The way people, the way fans think of it is like, uh, well, I don't want my team to lose. Yeah. In yeah, this yeah, thing. Yeah. But I, I think the industry as a whole is like completely incapable of handling these types of things. And I don't even know what you really like beyond union, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, beyond a union, I don't know how you would even handle this stuff because I don't think that AEW is clean. At all, it's a wrestling company. I don't yeah. think TNA is clean. They're all wrestling companies. TNA. They're all dirty. And there's been stuff that's come out about guys in AEW too, about NDAs and stuff. Not like at this level, but like as in like uh, just rumors and stuff. And it's like I don't. They they name themselves sports entertainment to get out of athletic commissions right. regulating them. So there's nobody to go to. If something happens, and I don't, I don't know what you actually do other than maybe make them report to athletic commissions because yeah. it is, it is kind of like a sport, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the whole thing. Vince McMahon was like, "Oh, it's not a sport, so right. there's less regulations." Exactly. But that's you know, yeah. it's also named, um, you know, in the suit. She mentions that. Stephanie McMahon headed a an internal investigation into some of the other like claims from other women 
and that she, I mean, you know, says in the suit, like, this is this was a total sham, that any kind of attempt at any sort of, like, internal handling of any of this behavior is a total joke, which I think any of us could assume, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty, you know. That, why you hire outside people to do that. Right, but I think Nobody that, like. Nobody talked to Janelle Grant, did they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, it's hard not to think about Harvey Weinstein when you're kind of lo- reading about all of this shit, right? And I think that the WWE is probably, or, or you know, Netflix, Endeavor, whatever, they're all praying for a Weinstein situation, and <laughs> which is a crazy thing to say. But what I mean by that is that, like, oh, you can just, like, fucking cut McMahon off. Yeah. Silo him. Fuck it. Let's send him to trial. Let's like let's like do whatever it we can. It was this guy. It was this guy. It was this yes, guy. That kind of thing. To kind of have this sacrificial lamb that everyone can attach themselves to and just say, oh, we got rid of the thing. And now, oh, also, like you said, we're going to clean house. We're professionalizing. You know, there isn't a rot at the core. This isn't at the actual like structure of the system itself, nothing there has to change, just like nothing with how films are financed has to change. We just need to put Shonda Rhimes in head of a studio, or we just need to put whatever fucking female at the head of WWE to make this all look better to our fans. And I'm going to say this, like, sorry to fans of wrestling out there, but I'm going to say, like, you guys will probably eat it up. Because like we say, no one wants to fucking have to deal with this shit with the entertainment that they're looking to take in so they don't, you know, so they can get their mind off of their shitty day, which I understand, but, like, fuck, you know? There's actually a quote that came out today that I'm trying to find where a guy is, like, that worked for the company. I'm pretty sure people know who he is, but uh, he he did it in a way of, um, he did it in a anonymous way. I'm, 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 trying to find it, but he talks about how they're going to have to go. Oh, here it is. Uh, One of the biggest company stars of the modern era regarding Vince McMahon lawsuit and who knew heavily implying Triple H. He's the fucking cerebral assassin, best politicking dude in history. Literally wormed his way from a green entry-level wrestler into a still absolute top-of-the-office executive. You think he doesn't pay attention to what's going on around him? Think he did that without knowing every little thing everywhere in the company, yet somehow this slipped past his radar. The thing about that place is if TKO starts cleaning house, they're going to show up with a bucket and some Lysol and then realize that shit's in the walls and the floorboards. They're going to have to bring out the sledgehammer because that shit is going to turn into a demolition job. Down to the foundation, sledgehammer pun not intended, but Triple H uses sledgehammer as a... Thing, but that was like a quote today from somebody who has worked for the company. And I also think that we're going to start hearing from wrestlers that are a little less afraid to talk about things that they saw while they were there because yeah. Vince isn't in power anymore. And like you said uh, about the Weinstein thing, like Vince isn't in power anymore and people feel empowered to say things about Vince. Yeah. So everything must be... Everything must be good. But hopefully that kind of stuff from from wrestlers st- keep showing up so that you can so that you can go ahead and and um so that it stays in the news in the wrestling side. And then, right. you know, like you said, the Wall Street Journal and Vice are like reporting on it now too. 
So I'm assuming, you know, those guys from the Wall Street Journal have been recording reporting on it for two years. Yeah. yeah. So it seems like there's going to be a lot more that comes out and that it's going to stay somewhat in the news. And I don't think that there is any way in which more of this news isn't going to come out, you know? Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the bell. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us, Brian. Thank you for having me. Great, Brace got me yelled at from my podcast, but for what? Why? Hopefully, I don't get you. Uh, you at. did get yelled at extensively uh, because we did a uh, rockabilly episode together, right? Uh, Where you spoke about your experience my experiences as in the rock- rockabilly community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, and. What was it? What was the criticism that it wasn't that we were that we were we were including too nerds. much in rockabilly? We were nerds. That was it. We were. Nerds. Well, that's, what are you going to do with that? I know these nerds I'm, I'm don't not, know anything about rockabilly. Rockabilly's cool. It's like all right. Wait. The first time that me and Brian locked eyes at the sex party we were at, <laughs> um, okay. neither participating. We were just at the party. It t- turned out to be at a sexual resort that I had paid several thousand dollars to spend a weekend at. Uh, we and vanilla. I saw him with his lo- his 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 big ass pompadour, a giant pair of fuzzy dice, sort of hanging <laughs> in a I'm going to say it frankly sexual way in front of his nuts, sort of shielding them from the ocean breeze of Jamaica, and of course the the miniature hot rod that he had taped above below his belly button that ex- it was like a long car uh, in place of a penis. I was like, this guy and I are on a wavelength. And, of course, we get together, we fly a little plane, plane crashes, big bapa style, and uh, in the wreckage, we were trapped in the mountains, like in the, you know, what is it called? Not Hunger, that's the Newt Hampson book. Uh, alive, like in Alive. Oh, I was alive, thinking of, what's yes. the Leonardo DiCaprio movie? Ooh, uh, The Aviator? No. The Beach? The Beach? No, the one where he's, like, surviving in the woods. I don't know. But oh. what we did what? is to well, keep... Well, the... Se- Brace, you're oh. the second person that got me yelled at. And really? the other one was the loss yes. prevention guy that got really mad at me for making fun of loss prevention. So <laughs> that rod. The thin blue line. <laughs> hey, shout out to loss prevention guys. <laughs> Maybe you should turn your ass from loss prevention into sales acquisition. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Interesting. That and yang good. there. I like that. Mm-hmm. What's um what's but on the docket for, for your show? What how what what kind of dudes? What kind do of guys people... are you talking about? Oh yeah, guys. Sorry, oh, no coming dudes. up, we just did guitar guys. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah. Good sustain on this piece. <laughs> <laughs> Next week is our one year anniversary, so it's Lego guys. The uh, they're going to make fun of me for two hours because I play with Legos. What's and, up with uh, that? Then- <laughs> by the way, I have a question. Well, Brian, so you don't even know because Brian does it completely en flagrante. I accidentally <laughs> ended up in the Lego store the other day. Uh, I accidentally walked through the b- doors of this business. I think it was, or it's like attached to the Nordstrom or something. Okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I somehow ended up in a leg, and I was like, what the fuck? Where am I? Um, and they had, this is a thing. I didn't know this was a thing. That Just the the most, uh, you know, exquisite. Oh, Legos uh, are huge it. now. Lego I'm building the Titanic right now. That were very clearly not for children. You're building also. the Titanic? No. Well, that didn't go uh, so well the first time. <laughs> it was a dream of mine to be able to pay seven hundred and twenty-five dollars for a Lego. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? That's is that how much it is? I, yeah. 
Dude, that's like I NDA guess this is money. Like how you know my grandpa used to make railroad to to like train stuff, model trains. Yeah, it's but similar, right? Yes, he was taken over here from China and forced to build the railroads through the Rockies. Stop Dude, it's totally it! Different. Stop it! I I I build little models. Yeah, so you're like yeah. a hop, skip, jump away from being a Lego guy. Yeah, though. Oh, you uh, love Legos. I I it's too. I like getting the glue on my fingies. I uh, like getting true. the glue on my fingers and then. Then touching stuff with it, be like, "Oh no, sorry guys, I can't hang out tonight. I'm stuck to the toilet." <laughs> That's weird. But we got a f- we got one coming up in a cup in a few weeks that I think is going to get us yelled at. Pretty sure. What is it? And that is Beatles guys. Oh yes, yes. That's, dude, this is such a <laughs> good idea a good for one. podcast. <laughs> Fuck, I, I hate Beatles, Beatles guys. guys. That's so funny. Are you guys going to talk about the new the new Beatles stuff? Because I feel like that's very well, we that's got to be. It. Very decide, very you know. That's got to be a like a demarcation line in the Beatles guy community. It's divisive. Yes. We definitely talked about it, but we found some real fucking weirdos, <laughs> <laughs> like guys that are saying stuff like uh, the press should report more on why Ringo Starr wears sunglasses all the time. Oh sort of man! Guys. You know what? They cool. should. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. You can still go meet Ringo. Theoretically, like this is something I think about a lot. Theoretically, you could kill a second beetle. Like, think about that. Because John John Dine was one of, or John being smoked was one of the like you know a huge pivotal event in music. You could kill Paul McCartney. Don't do that. Don't you well, could. That's yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Can I say something about Paul McCartney? Speak on it. He's like way too out there all the time. Yeah, facts. It's like for the last twenty years, way too much McCartney. And he's too accessible. That's which what is saying. what comes up in in the show. There's no mystery. No mystery. Also, bad plastic surgery. Yeah, we have sword guys and roller coaster guys coming. So we got a bunch of weird ones. Sword guys <laughs> is a good one. That's cool. Yeah, they're a little. They're something. I'll tell you. I'll say this. Right. I have a personal vendetta against you, Sean Lennon, and you know what happened a fucking decade ago. And one day, a reckoning will come, my brother. A reckoning will come. You're like, are you cool with Julian? Assange? No, yes. Casablanca? No, Julian Lennon. Julian Lennon? Who the hell is yeah. that? He's yeah. another kid? Yeah. Hey, Jude. He is the, he's the one that John didn't like. Oh, well, then I like him, too. I don't like John. You gotta read Yoko. Idols either. Where are you at with Yoko? I'm rocking with Yoko because everyone hates her. Because yeah. I mean, Here's my thing with Yoko. I believe, like, the, like, sort of the, like, sexist thing that she broke up the Beatles, but I like that she did it. Mm. I'm glad that she broke up the Beatles because I hate the Beatles. And I don't like the Beatles because, and I like a lot, I'm not like, I hate the Beatles because of the I love He's the Kings, I love the Who, I love the, 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 the all those other kind of 60s bands. I love, I'm, I, I don't know what Skiffle is, and I, it's been tough for me to try to figure that out. I've talked to a lot of music scholars on this fact. I don't like skiffle, but I like a lot of blues-infected early 60s British rock music. Uh, and I l- certainly like a lot of like like the late 60s stuff. I don't like the Beatles. I'll say that I've got the cliche classic uh, girls appreciation for Harrison. <laughs> That's the classic. Late, the ladies love George Harrison. They love George Harrison. Yeah. Um, I took that. mushrooms like a few years ago at a Ween concert, oh, and I've never heard any of their songs. <laughs> and then they started playing "L.A. Woman," and I went absolutely insane. It's so oh, "L.A. Woman" is one of the song. best songs ever. <laughs> I, you put on "L.A. Woman." How that's is like, the Ween version of that? Oh God, I can't imagine. I mean, I just I don't remember. 
<laughs> and for people that want to know, we did cover Jam Band guys. So there that we is, go. I know several. I know several. <laughs> oh, man. We're gonna hit everybody eventually. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can check out Guys Podcast. It's only on Rumble. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's only on Rumble. I'm a Rumble the... um, subscriber. You Rumble? Who do you subscribe to on Rumble? Man Cow. I... <laughs> Chase man cow around wherever he's going. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I'm glad he's ended up there. Which, by the way, and he's certainly man cow has a WWE. Uh, um, no, no, that's Bubba the Love Sponge. Bubba the Love Sponge has a WWE connection. It's WCW for man cow and TNA for Bubba the Love Sponge. There we go. Wow, God, this is what a world you live in, Brian. <laughs> Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's do you I just want to sign off here? Yeah. Let's just do it here. My name is what would my wrestling name be? It would probably be I would scariest thing white people have done, I gotta be Hitler. But I can't do that to sign off the episode. So what would my wrestling name be? Pope John Paul the That's second. So crazy because from okay, you said pious in the opening, and I, I was almost about to interrupt you and then I didn't, and I was like, fuck. Pope would be such a fucking crazy wrestling character. Pope, just the Pope? like I, the the Pope. Do they still do racial wrestling characters, Brian? Because like, I know that you know Iron Sheik, all those guys. They had the guys, you know, they like when they would have like sort of racial caricatures of as wrestling, um, or like weigh in on politics in this sort of funny way. Do they have like a super vaccinated guy, or like do they do like? <laughs> well, I guess they're, they're sticking a lot of needles on themselves. But uh, do do they does wrestling still have these kind of? Uh, updated contemporary characters or is it just now like I'm Mad Max or whatever they do? It's mostly, I mean, there's Samoans that have hard heads still. Okay. You know. But there's not like, but is, is there like a... That's the only one I can think of. They should make like a Fauci. Like, yeah. They should, actually, Fauci should. should do it. They could call it, the character would be called Dr. Ouchie. Dr. Ouchie, yeah. Oh my God. They're I still think the Pope scared. would be so good because... The Pope could also throw red or white smoke. Mm -hmm. Like, that could be one of his things. And yeah. he's wearing a dress. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just ripped. Or he's just wearing the collar. Ripped. Yeah. I mean, well, that would be more of a priest. But he's got a big-ass hat he uses to yeah. impale you on. He, like, he comes out with a procession. Yeah, and he's, like, They've you got know, the, really, like, Latin mass style. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. swinging the incense. You could fight an Orthodox dude because they're also kind of scary. Yeah, and then, like, maybe, like, blood could start coming after him. Yeah. Oh, well, he's uh, Catholic. Like, I like that the Pope's a heel. Yeah. Oh, the Pope is a cheap. heel. Uh, <laughs> I, I, let me take that back. I am the Moyle. That's a good one. The Moyle. That's a good Who one. Who would you be, Liz? Shit, I don't know. What? Uh, I, I, would, I would be loss prevention, Liz. <laughs> loss prevention. Yeah, Just like true. a character no one wants to show up. Yeah. <laughs> and But also, the, the name works with winning the match. Yeah. Loss see? prevention. Uh, That's true. Oh, Brian, what would you be? Uh, I would. I would have to. Well, now that Brock Lesnar's gone, I'm going to take the Beast over because my favorite mm -hmm. wrestlers are guys that are massive that can't really wrestle mm -hmm. and just hit each other as hard as they can. That's I like that. One. Oh, you know what? Sorry, let me try a third time on mine. I would be the lesbian, and I would wear like <laughs> big. Ass, I would wear overalls, have like a sideways hat, and I would just be fucking. <laughs> 
I would be I would be social justice warrior. Oh, that'd be good. That would be such a good. I feel one. like they had. I feel like I saw a clip of something like they the had like an SJW kind of character. For yeah, a I would have oh, definitely yeah. blue hair and just be you know. You'd look like the new the cop from True Detective. I'd be like <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I would be like really annoying and lecturing everyone. It'd be such a good heel. Yeah, that would be that would. But then I, I would you know triumph and everyone. You wrestling know, companies are cowards now. They don't they don't do the old. Uh, the old really controversial yeah. things. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of glad. They probably, that was probably served them through 2020 because mm. they would have been. Young Chomsky, what would you be? I would be Benjamin Netanyahu. Ooh, that's a good one. I that's a good get one. people really mad. <laughs> you get, you know, On all sides, really. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. And also, um, yeah. I was, do you, who do you think the most, do you, would you juice? Would I juice? Yeah. Yes. I want to juice totally separate from yeah. this. I would juice now yeah. if I could afford Should it. Should we juice? <laughs> like I'm as a good. podcast? We shouldn't juice? I'm good. Okay, well. I, I would love to juice. I'll continue my like cycle. I feel like at some point in my life I'll probably take HGH. <laughs> May the Because side. of like menopause stuff. Probably. Does that work for that? Yeah, they say. Yeah. I'd love to be just like this bro- broided out doctor, like have menopausal women come in and just being like, yeah, this is going <laughs> to change your life, baby. <laughs> That's. Uh, I would also, I would try to look like Bezos because he could do, I think, I think he could Jeff go pro. Bezos would be a good wrestling character. Uh, yeah, that'd like, be really no, like good. You, someone being Jeff Bezos, yeah, yes, not him. Yeah, 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 but. It's like the million dollar man. Mm. Sort of rich guy thing. We, they Jeff have a Bezos' of those. wife would be a good wrestling wrestler, but like her, not yeah. as a character, but just like, like that her. woman. She kind of looks like that. Yeah, she definitely has wrestling woman vibes. Yeah, yeah. I would love to be. I would love to be look like Jeff Bezos, but I would end up looking like Elon, who apparently takes <laughs> yeah. steroids. Yes. Doesn't work out at all. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Fair yeah. enough. I would also. I would try to be as emaciated as possible so that I would have less of a profile to hit. You know what I'm talking about? So <laughs> like I would do skinny. like what's the 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 machinist? Remember that movie? Yes. What's his name? Oh, I would yeah. do like machinist style, and they'd call me the prisoner. <laughs> and, and I would like they would people would be trying to tackle and, me, but I would be so I'd be like they're the. Four Force of wind from them jumping off the ropes would blow me away so that I would dodge it. <laughs> and they wouldn't want to hit you because they'd feel too bad. My bones because would you be were brittle. like clearly starving. And I, maybe I would also coat myself with lesions and be like, if you touch me, you become disease. Like I would give you a plague or some kind of leprosy, <laughs> yeah, you know, updated leprosy. The leper would be great. The leper would Go be in there on a skateboard, no legs, and just be like, <laughs> no, let me tackle you. Chase them around the ring. You know, you get pulled, you get ramped to go down and chase them through the audience. Oh my God, I would love, the leper. Or, or what I, Harvey Weinstein would also be a good character. Yeah. Very scary, sort of a, 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 a more bulbous kind of character. No penis. No penis. Also, they have which one is, of those. Yeah, they have a they have a unit. Well, yeah. uh, oh, they have a Harvey Weinstein because that would also be another one. The eunuch have like a vizier, yeah, like or like that a Manchu be, or something yeah. like that. Plus, a great way to introduce mu- new kind of music. Yes. It's oh like my a, god. Kind of a choral Dude, situation. If they fucking had like five of those guys with the Manchu haircuts and their little dick and balls in the bow, because that that's what they used to have them in the Forbidden City. Of the Pope. Like there could be a kind He's of got eunuchs. Yeah, a, a there castrati. could be a little kind of like castrati kind of crossover. Yes, that would be so good. Oh fuck, dude! Or the dog fighter. You go in there with two big ass dogs, and you're like, mm. fucking get. Or the cockfighter. You go in there with a, just a shit ton of roosters. 
razor blades on them. That's too much. But that could be that could be really well in like the, the Philippines. Yeah. Or a lot of <laughs> I got a lot of ideas. <laughs> and there is a position now open at the top. This has been True and on. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein.